Thank you, Father. We give in faith because that's what you encourage us to do. We give because you have given to us. We give because we're sowing. We're sowing into something that we feel a heart commitment to. So we thank you for the opportunity to do that. And we thank you for Steph as she uh, shares with us now all that she's prepared and all that you have given into her for this moment. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. So we're at the end of Acts. We've been going through as a church. And we're finally at Acts 28. Um, And this this morning is a message of encouragement, really. So who wants or needs some encouragement today? Great. So this is a word for you. Listen in. Um, I want to first start by sharing with you a picture I had while preparing for this. And I think it's going to kind of set the tone, okay? So what I saw, I, I really should have maybe like drawn a picture, but try and visualize this, okay? So what I saw in front of me, pockets of time, okay? So they were kind of bubble-like structures, large, kind of going out in front of me, out into distance like this. And the bubbles are representing different seasons and situations and different circumstances through life, okay? One after the other, different seasons, And the emphasis wasn't on the nature of the season as such, whether it was a difficult one or a a season of blessing, but actually it was the fact that these bubbles that were representing seasons were encircled with angels. And what the Lord is saying was, you know, when, when you've given your life to Jesus, those seasons, the rest of your life, belongs to him. And so already, what, whether you're going through something difficult now or any seasons of struggle to come are already covered in God's favor and they are already belonging to him. Um, we've been singing, God, you are good. And we've been thinking about how you know, even in the times of struggle, we believe that God is still good. So that picture was just showing me life to come however long that's going to be for everyone, if God is the king of your life, he owns it, it belongs to him, and he's a really good God, and it's his protection and his favor and his riches. Okay, so a bit of context first, kind of catch us up. So we're at the very end. Um, Paul has left the church in Antioch with a few others, and they've gone on some mission trips around the Roman Empire. Um, along the way, some people have come to know Jesus and there's been revival and there have been healings. Other people have opposed what they've been doing and they've seen Paul as a threat. And he gets arrested again and again and is dismissed again and again because they can't really see why he, they can't really see him as a threat. Um, and then finally, he gets to Jerusalem and here, because of his controversial reputation, he is arrested, but it's different this time. He goes on trial, and it goes between various Jewish leaders and governors, and it gets to King Agrippa, who then puts him in prison for years. Okay? And um, from, as a prisoner, he's then transported over to Rome via Malta, they were on, in a boat, there were storms, an angel showed up to Paul and said, hey, you're all going to survive, everyone on the boat's going to survive, but the boat isn't, and that's what happened, so they saw land, got to land, 
Anyway, they get to Rome. Paul is on house arrest, so he's in his own rented property, but he's still a prisoner. And this is where we're up to now. And what I'm going to focus on really is the last two verses. Verse 30 to 31, the final two verses. Paul lived there for two whole years at his own expense and welcomed, this is what Graham just read out earlier, and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. This is still while he's a prisoner. He's just going for it still. And what we're going to think about today is we're going to look at the fact that even though Paul again and again and again came through trials, he just persisted. It's like God gave him this fighter spirit to just keep going and keep going and keep going no matter what. So three intentions for this morning. So the hope is we're going to be inspired by Paul and his responses to setbacks and times of trial, encouraged to stand firm, and fired up to share good news. So thinking about Paul in prison for so many years, and at this point in house arrest, you'd think that they would be setbacks. We, if you see someone in prison, you think, oh, that's part of their life, wasted, or whatever. Like, Paul did not see it like that. He knew that he had a calling on his life, and no matter the circumstance, he kept going and kept sharing good news and he just persisted. And what we see is, so if you think back to when he was in prison before, it was in that time when he had the space to sit down and write the letters to the churches. So he knew he couldn't go to the churches that he was aiming to go and see. But instead, he thought, okay, I'm stuck here, I'm in prison. So he thought of something different, he innovated, he said, okay, I'll write to them instead. And you can, just, you can just imagine Paul's heart was to get around and impact as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus. But then he is stuck behind closed doors and um, he, his prayer was probably to, meet, to reach as many people as possible, but little did he know that in 2019 we're still being impacted by his teachings and his heart. So the fact that even though Paul was behind prison doors and in house arrest, God still moved and he still, basically he orchestrated it for his good and we can take that as encouragement that even when we feel like we're, in, we're being set back, or something is not going how we wanted it to, God's word stands strong. He remains faithful. His favor is covering that situation, just like the, the bubble picture they had. So he was set back. It was almost like he was slowed down. And so the other day I was driving. I like to drive through the countryside, like the road in front of me and the sky and the wind. And there's a prophetic word coming. So... Um, I was driving along, and suddenly this horse lorry pulled out in front of me, and it was going at somewhere between 10 and 15 miles per hour, like a lot slower. So I had to pull right back. And in that moment, what God showed me was how, yes, it was brilliant going, you know, speeding through and enjoying the countryside that way, but by being slowed down, I could have seen that lorry as a setback kind of different to what I'd wanted to be doing, but actually it gave me a chance to look 
to my left and to my right and notice things that I wouldn't have otherwise noticed. And so I feel like, I don't know if this is for somebody here or a few people, but there's been a setback, like something unexpected that feels like your pace has slowed down or you feel like you've been stopped. But actually the Lord wants to show you different things that you wouldn't have otherwise noticed. So what is God wanting to say to you now that he couldn't have done before? He, he wants to show you whether it's an aspect of his heart or um, something about his character or a new direction maybe. And it's coming in a way that you're not going to expect. So it's going to be surprising. So stay vigilant and stay listening like he is directing you and he is talking, even if you don't think he is. Point number two. So setbacks can be a really vulnerable time. And I'm going to cross over now to Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So somewhere along the line, Paul had a revelation that, that our wrestling isn't against flesh and blood, but is against the devil's attempts to try and stop the kingdom from breaking through and trying to knock you off your track. So in this, in this verse, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The original meaning of the, in Greek, so the verb to stand with the preposition against translates as hold your ground. So just as, again, just as Graham was saying, um, it's like when you think of kind of battle and warfare, you might think of armies marching and taking, like, occupying a new land and subduing it. But actually, God is already victorious. So when we are called to, to stand against the wiles of the devil, he's not necessarily calling us to attack and win new land, but he's saying, I've already won. I'm already victorious. So you get to stand and fight from that place of victory rather than for victory. So you get to rest and know that he has already been victorious. So again, thinking back to that pitch that I had, whatever season you're in now and seasons to come, he has already won and he is already victorious. Okay. And in, the, in those verses, it tells us about, um, Paul names the pieces of armor that God has given to us. He has given them to us already. So you have what you need. You have it. All you need to do is stand firm, know that God is already victorious, stand your ground. even in moments of incredible weakness. <coughs> 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 10. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. This is Paul speaking. So that the power of Jesus Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. 
So when I, when I was in Sheffield, one of my best friends was going through quite a hard time. She'd just been diagnosed, or was about to be diagnosed with fibromyalgia, so chronic pain. And there were various family issues as well. And this one morning after church, I walked up to her. She walked up to me, gave me a hug. And I felt the presence of God so strong, so strong on her. And I, and I said, whoa, like, I can feel the glory of God so powerful in you. And she said, really, that's amazing because I have not felt this weak in so long. And so although she felt like she was so weak and just really struggling, when I encountered her, I encountered the strength of Jesus in her. She didn't necessarily know it until I pointed it out, but he was carrying her. She had not felt that weak in so long. Point number three. So Paul's heart cry was to share the good news of the gospel, and it's what we are called to do. And good news looks like different things to different people in different situations, right? So it could be something tiny, something bigger, whatever is needed in that moment. So it could be, it could be a hug, could be a glass of water on a, cold, on a hot day, it could be a smile. Do you know Jesus is carried in your smile? Like, it seems so small, but when someone encounters your smile, they get the radiance of Jesus. And only God will know the, the climate of their heart and what's going on in their world, but he's going to use whatever he can to impact them and show them his love. And sometimes that comes through your smile. And sometimes sharing the good news like feels inconvenient. Paul was in prison. Like, that's inconvenient. And it feels out of our comfort zone. That's okay. Go for it anyway. But I think we need to be really careful that we don't make it complicated. Because it's a really simple gospel. Like, really simple. Small illustration. Um, so, me at work. How the good news is shared there. So, most of you know, I'm, I manage a department at work. So... I, as a leader, I get to set the tone. And we, the kind of work we do has potential to be really quite stressful and discouraging and feel quite chaotic if it gets busy. And the gifts that God has given to me and the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the way that he's anointed me, stability and peace, joy, quiet confidence, when my team have, where there's potential for it to feel chaotic and discouraging and stressful, in those moments, they get to eat the fruit of what I carry. So good news to them in that moment of feeling potentially discouraged. Actually, the good news to them is that peace and that sense of stability and comfort and confidence. And that's just me being me and just day to day I'm following Jesus and the fruit of the Holy Spirit is alive and it's there and they get to eat that fruit. And they don't, they don't know, I mean, they may know that's Jesus, but sometimes people need a word. You need to say to them directly who Jesus is but sometimes they just need to see it. So when they're around me, when they meet me, they meet with Jesus. 
and that is the good news, and how, how I live my life, and how Jesus is kind of, yeah, the way that I am and how they see Jesus, they get that good news just by seeing how I live and how I respond to things. It could be as simple as that. At the end, I don't know if you've ever noticed, Acts 28, there's no kind of rounding up or conclusion or final ending prayer or something. Why do you think that might be? Right, because it wasn't the end of the story there that we get to like read back on Acts and all these things that happened and the power of the Holy Spirit. But that was just the first part of the story that we're continuing to live now. It was left open-ended on purpose. So I think the fact that also that it ends with Paul still imprisoned and still still teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Through all he's gone through, he's still imprisoned and he's still doing that. So whatever setbacks and trials there are, stand firm, stand your ground, because God will, he's already prevailed, he's already victorious and his word is true, he is faithful, and even if you don't feel like it, he's on track with things. Yeah, God, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for how you love to show us new things. We thank you, God, that every knee will bow and know that you are Lord. And Jesus, we just say yes to that fighter spirit that we see in Paul that enabled him to persist and keep going again and again and again through trials and through setbacks. We welcome your guidance. And God, we just thank you that we get to share the good news of your gospel. And I pray, God, that we don't try to complicate it and we don't try to make it heavier or more difficult than it is. We love your simple gospel. And we want people to know. So God, we just ask that you would continue to do your thing. We love following you. We love the Holy Spirit. And God, I just thank you that you have given us what we need. And you are victorious. Thank you that now and to come, you reign, you've won, and you continue to cover our stories in favor. In Jesus' name, amen.